It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Signal Boost. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. I hope you guys can hear me. <laughs> it is Wednesday, November the 3rd. Good morning, Jess. We can hear you. Great. <laughs> I can That's hear you. Everybody an improvement can hear you. over yesterday when we were talking at the same time. We apologize for the technical <laughs> difficulty. Um, you know, we're still in a pandemic, as we like to mm-hmm, say. And mm-hmm. so there are sometimes some, some hitches in the giddy up, as my Speaking dad would say. Speaking of hitches in the giddy up. Oh, we had a major hitch. <laughs> we're, we're having this major hitches. Hitch. Um, you know, Jess. As yeah. I woke up this morning, well, okay, most of the metrics that I thought would be happening, like sort of the timing of as things were shifting, it, it sort of did happen. It, um, you know, at seven o'clock, Glenn Young was up yep. by 40 points because I counted Roanoke. Um, yep. And, you know, that shifted throughout the night. And then as um, the votes in Northern Virginia came in, Terry McAuliffe like went up a little bit, then it flipped again, like it, it it sort of did do what I thought it would do. The thing that I think I'm still looking for information about, which we do not have yet. And I feel mm-hmm. annoyed because the narratives are already all flying all over Twitter without this information. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is the breakdown of the turnout. Turnout. So turnout right. being up is not the information that I want. I want to know who showed up. Um, because as I was saying, and I, I hate it, I hate it when I'm right when it's about bad stuff. Yeah. I sometimes try to ignore my my gut instincts <laughs> um, often because I'm like, ah, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And then something bad happens and I'm like, God dang it, my freaking, my freaking gut, man. It's, it's, see, it's usually it's right. Really and you're on living it. there. Like you're seeing everybody else is covering this, like as if From they distance. were a Virginia voter, you're actually seeing the ads, your, your house is either being knocked on or not. Like you're living, you know, you know, it's different when you're living in the like washing machine cycle of a campaign versus watching it from the outside. So mm-hmm. your gut matters when you're in it. Yeah, and I feel not, I mean, uh, there's nothing about how I feel today that I would use the word, like, vindicated or, like, validated. Um, But I was right Mm -hmm. that the the ads, the the way that Terry McAuliffe ran his campaign was not to turn out the base of the Democratic Party. Right. So I understand there's going to be a lot of focus, as there always is, on white voters and the white suburban voters. They're not going to say white, but they're going to say suburban voters all day long. They're going to mean white. And they're white. going to credit, and they're going to mean white, but they're not going to say that. Um, and they, on every channel, this is every channel, this is every media outlet, they're all going to do this. They're all going to say suburban voters, and they mean white people, but they're not going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should. So you, when you see that, and when you hear that today on the news... You just you just add the word white, right? <laughs> um, because they're not going to. Um, and one of the things that I think is important, and the numbers I want, is I want you know what during the campaign in 2016 we were like millennials of color, like we were obsessed, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, I'm, I'm still obsessed. I would like to know millennials of color, Gen Z's of color, college students, like were they online yesterday at 6 a.m.? Because when we won in 2008, at 6 a.m. when I they were. crawled out from under my yeah. desk, they were already online and it was raining on election day in 2008 in Virginia. It also rained in a lot of places on 2000, uh, yesterday in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep. That always suppresses turnout, so I just wanted to mention. Um, but I think that having seen the ads every day, I'm sitting here every day watching the ads. I mean, when I talk about, like, I'm obsessed with K-pop, that generally has to do with the fact that, like, I'm watching the videos and stuff and the content on YouTube, like, a lot, right? Because it's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> um, it's great. Like people watch. Some people watch Real Housewives. I watch NCT. <laughs> like <laughs> they have their own reality show. Um, it's a true story. Um, so every time I go to a video, it plays a Glenn Youngkin or Terry McAuliffe. It usually rotates. It's like one and then the other, and then one and then the other. Then the other. So I've been seeing both campaigns ads for like. Eight. I don't even know how long Kieran McCullough's been in the race. Since the day Glenn Youngkin announced he was running, I've been watching his advertisements. Um, and one thing stood out. Terry McCullough's ads were not for black people. They were not targeting targeting voters of color. They weren't targeting young people. They weren't targeting what I see as the future of the Democratic Party, but also, I would say, the present Um Democratic Party and in a lot of ways the coalition that turned out in 2018 like young women of color Mm -hmm. I don't I didn't get like because that's me right that's me technically right right? so I'm sitting here watching ads and I'm like these are not for me these ads are not for me the the black sheriff the white teacher the you know like these ads are not for me none of these ads are for black I saw one ad one one ad Jess one that was targeting yeah. targeting black voters specifically that had black people in it like hey you know basically it was like hey black people you should really vote our rights are on and the it ballot was a, and it was a third and party and it was an, ad. it was a third yeah. party ad it was a third party and i actually was like oh my god this is the only ad i've seen that's actually like explicitly you know made for and probably by black people and it's i saw it last week <laughs> Or like over the weekend, like it was within yeah. the last week and it was a third party group. And I was like, that's not good in my head. I, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, mm, it's not going to be good. Let's see if he can eke this out. That was sort of how I went into last night. Let's see if he can sort of eke this out. I knew it was going to be very, very close, but I didn't have a good feeling because I didn't feel. So when, when I'm hearing and I'm seeing the threads already starting with all the people with their math about turnout being up, I don't think that. When you look into the numbers, like down into them, you're going to find the coalition that Joe Biden had. I don't think you're yeah. going to find the coalition that came out in 2018. I think it's a, I think it's an older, whiter electorate. And I mean, I asked my dad to well, see his class today later. I, he usually does ask, um, you know, how many of you are going to vote? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you ask him that today? Because I want to see if two people raise their hand. Because you work at Norfolk State and HBCU here in Virginia, and I do not believe Tara McAuliffe stepped on your campus a single time. And that is the problem. That's a problem. Yes, that's a problem. You can't just send Barack Obama. You got to go there yourself. So I think that the lesson, and I'm going to shut up right after this point, the lesson, (laughs) you know, now that I'm sort of in the beginning of this reflection, I still very much believe 
there's a winning coalition of people of color plus white people that are not racist, that are not mm-hmm. going to fall for a lie, a racist lie about quote unquote critical race theory being taught in schools when it is not happening. There are there are people that are not going to fall for that lie. If you're falling for that lie, I don't know what the Democrats could say to keep you and a black person. And I honestly think that you got to go after the black people because there's a lot of them not voting at all or not showing up in each cycle. That is, that's just like, even without the numbers from yesterday, I am certain there's that universe of sporadic voters that were like, yeah, I'm not really, I mean, Terry McAuliffe was already the, the governor. It's not I mean, surprising to me the way that this turned out because you you have a moderate white male candidate running for a job he already had. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the going to be the biggest overlooked piece of this is that Terry McAuliffe. Well, hell yeah, it's going to be overlooked because that it's going to be they're they're going to they're going to decide that Terry McAuliffe didn't do well because the uh, infrastructure package and the reconciliation package hadn't been passed in Washington. If, if that leaves you scratching your head, that's because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Terry McAuliffe was running for the executive office in Virginia. He was not running for a federal office in Washington, D.C. His election would have had nothing to do with passing any bills that are happening in Washington. He was running to run the state of Virginia. Voters really do get the difference between a governor's office and a senator's office. That's why you have states that routinely send blue senators but are happy to send Republicans or Democrats to the governor's office. They get the difference. Right. We, we know statistically that, 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 that it's easier for women to get elected to the Senate and the House than it is to get elected to the governor's office. It's because voters understand that that's an executive seat. Women have a harder glass ceiling for executive seats. See the presidency. So just dispense with this idea that voters were somehow conflating the fact that negotiations are taking longer than they expected in Washington with Terry McAuliffe running for governor. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. You're, you are free to ignore it. The man had already held the job. Voters could vote on whether they liked Terry McAuliffe as governor or not. That is way more likely (laughs) as a human impulse than deciding to do this mental jujitsu that you're mad at Washington, so you're going to punish Democrats in Virginia. Like, that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't. He already had the job. So the two lessons, two lessons (laughs) that I I want people to take away from today— you can feel free to disregard just about any other of them. The idea that the moderate white male candidate is the safest choice. That is, is a it, lie. Yes, that's it. That is a lie. That's it. It is not true. We did not see that with Obama. We didn't see it with Joe Biden. He didn't win because he was a moderate white male candidate. He won because he courted the fuck out of black voters like that. He won because of Jim Clyburn. Like that's what happened. It's not about a moderate, safe white male candidate. We need to get rid of that. Like there can be white guys that run. I can be really excited about a Beto candidacy. Like there are white men that I, that I think are, are a part of the democratic coalition, the future of the democratic party. That moderate has to go in that sentence there, Jeff. You know what I mean? But that moderate, yes, it's, it's a moderate thing. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. if we just try to imagine what would have happened if we had had Jennifer Carroll Floyd, or, or Jen McClellan, who is, yeah. was also a fantastic candidate, who didn't quite put the same operation together that Carol Foy did. But the point is, imagine if one of those strong Black women leaders was at the top of that ticket. The Toni Morrison play can't get run. 
She doesn't neglect HBCUs and Black voters. She runs ads targeting her base. She has a completely different response to critical race theory and the idea that Youngkin was trying to scare parents into um, supporting the banning of books and the barring of teaching of American history. Like, that's just a different conversation altogether. Do, am I saying there, it's locked that she wins? No, obviously. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you. But this one lost. Right. So <laughs> let's put I mean, that moderate white male yeah. equals safe. Like, let's just that's put number that, one. That, that is that's the number one. And, and number and number two is you 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 got to turn out your base. We, we don't need to yep. talk about the margins when the base vote is high enough. Oh, my God. Virginia is just... not a state that like requires margins. <clears throat> I I am so obsessed with this point and I'm like, <laughs> I am not good at math. They get so it. I feel the other side. So get I... it. Well, here's the thing. I'm intimidated very much by, you know, the the white guys with their stupid fucking Excel spreadsheets and shit and all of their like projection models and all their Mm -hmm. math. Right. They have all their math. And we remember from 2016, all of the men with their math and their analytics Mm -hmm. and their data and their numbers that they were going to explain sexism through the numbers somehow and solve it through the analytics. We're going to figure out the right formula. Um, without sort of considering common sense. Yeah. If you are not waking up every day thinking about what your message is to turn out black voters, then you're not doing it right. And I did not feel that from Terry McAuliffe. And I, I I remember actually saying, you know, obviously it was only a couple of days ago now, um, when, when the beloved thing first popped off and he was handing out the book to the reporters and I was like, that's not the one, that's not the thing. And the reason why I felt that way in my gut, again, the gut came into play was because that's not getting a single black person to leave the house to vote for you. That is not the kind of thing that you do to get black votes. That's the kind of thing that you do to get a write up in Politico. Um, and no black people read Politico, um, <laughs> except for me when somebody sends me an article from Politico. Yeah. If you have um, to work in the industry, you have to read Politico. So nobody else but, does. But that's what I'm saying. Like I don't voluntarily want to read Politico. I'm just you're not recommending it. it to your friends and, and I, family. <laughs> I like certain people at Politico, but I'm just nobody I'm at just... the barbecue is like, hey, did you read that Politico piece? No, absolutely like, zero. It, people. it does not. Yeah, I bet you if you polled my dad's students, they wouldn't even know what Politico is. And that is the point. Okay. And so I just, this obsession with the margins at the expense of the base is my problem. You do not win an election by obsessing about the moderate white voters when you don't have the black people in the back. When you haven't done anything to get them. When you, yeah. you you can't assume that you're building on a foundation you don't have. One of the things Republicans understand is they do need to turn out their base. And so they go super racist, right? The yeah. whole four years we had Donald Trump pandering to his base. Why don't Democrats pander? Maybe we need to call it something else so that they think it's a good thing. We're not saying show up and start, you know, freestyle rapping and trying to dance. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> no, no. But show up and talk about some issues. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do that, if you don't know how to talk to black people, then you cannot be a Democratic candidate. That is not like if you if. And so here's the problem right now for Democrats. There are a lot of them that are afraid. They're afraid. 
They're afraid to talk about race. They're afraid of the racial reckoning. They're afraid of the backlash. They 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 think that um, that's the reason they're winning or they're not winning in some of these places because they've offended white people by talking too much about race. And if you mm-hmm. think that that <laughs> is the reason, then then you're not running a democratic campaign. Like you're right. obsessed with the margin. Right. You know, you can make up the margins by turning out your base more. Like, why not yeah, run up the uh, score? It's just numbers. Every I mean, that was part of Joe Biden's strategy was running amount. up the score. Right. Yeah. No, black vote counts the same as a white one. But for some reason, we are obsessed with those moderate white voters. Supposedly, I put quotes around moderate white voters in the suburbs like that voted for Joe Biden because, you know, Donald Trump was insane <laughs> for you know like right. in a lot of ways um and glenn youngkin he's wearing a he's wearing a fleece vest so he's he looks like the soccer dad and so his racism comes in a fleece vest it comes from ll bean and so it's like very acceptable but here's the thing i grew up with a kind of glenn youngkin racism just because you're wearing a fleece vest and you're at the soccer game does not mean that you are not as racist as the person at the insurrection in fact, there were a lot right. of people in fleece vests at the insurrection. Soccer dads. <laughs> okay? So, yes. like, I think that Democrats need to understand that the person that messaging works on, that's not a Democrat anymore. That's not your voter. That's not a Democrat anymore. If, 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 if in this moment, when we are faced with so many epic once-in-a-lifetime crises, if you can say that your biggest issue in a race is a thing that is not happening, i.e. critical race theory being taught to your 10-year-old, if your biggest issue is a thing that isn't happening, you're not telling the truth and we don't have to pretend you are. Your biggest issue is the culture war with yep. scare quotes. Your biggest issue is, is you, you, feel, you feel like your whiteness is under attack. You feel like you don't really like the fact that you know the world is moving in a more diverse and inclusive way and that freaks you out. So... You latch on to this thing called critical race theory, which is not being taught to your kids, and you decide that that's the number one issue. Well, we don't. We don't have to. One, you're not our voter, and you never will be. Like, there's no way that we get that person who is actually saying that person is not far from QAnon. These are people who are freaked out about something that isn't happening. There's a reason why that is. <laughs> it. They're the freaked out is real. But the thing that they're saying they're freaked out about is is not real. Critical race theory is not being taught in elementary schools. There is not an international cabal of sex trafficking being led by Oprah and Tom Hanks. Those things aren't real. But if you're freaked out by them, you're using them as a stand in for the thing that's actually scaring you. And the thing that's actually scaring you is the destabilization of white supremacy. You're feeling it everywhere. It's a good thing, but it scares you. That makes you a Republican voter. And Democrats just need to understand that. Like. It is it, it the vote of, of a black person who has never voted before is worth exactly the same as the vote of a white moderate living in the suburbs who switches allegiances every single time. Guess which vote is cheaper to get? Guess which one is easier to get? If you if you if you invest just the tiniest bit, what's easier to do? Get somebody to do something new for the first time or get somebody to change their mind? Like, this isn't hard. The campaign, the, the people who run the campaign budgets should be saying this isn't hard. 
base voters are cheaper to get. They're easier to get. You just have to talk to them. I think part of, I'm 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 gonna be so frustrated today. I was frustrated yesterday. Oh, I know. By the you know suck. this election is about education analysis, which then ended yes. up as an exit poll that said people cared about education, which is not what people it's care about. about. And education. I am annoyed by the fact that everybody keeps saying this with straight faces, as if this is true when it is not, and everybody knows it. No, everybody it knows it, or they should know that this was not about education. This was not about schools. This wasn't about any of that. No, it's like We're saying mask mandates are about healthcare. I know. No, it, it's literally I, like that's the part of the, this. That's the part of this whole thing that is bothering me. I have two mm-hmm. points right before. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we have to go to a break at some point, um, but we got a I couple two, minutes. Th- OK, so I have time to make the two points. So, mm-hmm. so two points. One, um, the same point I made before. Democrats need to figure out Democrats need to figure out how to defend black people from these types of attacks. They need to they need to figure out how to defend Latinx voters from attacks like the caravan last year, right? That didn't work as successfully um, against Republicans, but, you know, another attack like that is coming in all kinds of ways um, in the future. Maybe the critical race theory, everybody will try to run that play again. Oh, they will. Absolutely. It it worked. Democrats don't have an adequate response because they are afraid. They're afraid of offending a white voter that is not their voter which is what we've just explained, right? So they need a better response. That's point one. <laughs> yeah. The other point is that we are in the, ca- like the capital of the Confederacy was here in Virginia. Yes. Okay. Um, Confederate flags are a thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Proud Boys had a rally, not, you know, here. And the police yeah. handed them hot, uh, uh, chocolate milk. And hot chocolate. Um, so the the idea that this is like, um, you know, a state where we can extrapolate a lot. I don't know that that's true. Right. That this is the same, you know, Republican will be able to run the same play in another state. And I hate the sports metaphor, but I'm going to use it mm-hmm. um, in another place and it will work. Um, but I do think that one of the lessons related to the fact that this is virginia is democrats seem to understand our history we're living through a white resistance like a white backlash to the changing demographics of the country and you know i don't know what um the media is going to do but they got to do something i don't know if it's hiring more people of color or what but there are way too many people who don't know their history Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in Virginia where the, the capital of the Confederacy was. And I was the I think I was the only one in all of media to make that point yesterday. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody else make it. How and is you've that been doing possible? Yeah. How is that possible? How is it possible for you to stand on TV and talk about this election is about education and not mention the fact that this is Virginia? What? And so yeah. so so I think, you know. The Virginia piece, for me, that is point two. The fact that you need to sort of know your history. You have to know that we're talking about Virginia. You know, that's where I I feel like it's so important for us here in the media space. Because that's where we are now. um, Mm -hmm. You know, to to hold our fellow media people accountable for their failures in this election. And for their failures to cover this. It's not a race debate. 
It is not right. an election about education. It is not Democrats, um, you know, in disarray because, um, you know, Glenn Youngkin has pulled, you know, such a, a, a great move out at the end of the election cycle. He is lo- he's he made up a racist lie. He might it's basically the birtherism shit. He made up a racist lie. Yep. I mean, I don't really like rank them, but you know what I mean? Like it's a racist lie. Democrats don't know how to counter it, but the media doesn't know how to describe it properly. They don't yes. know how to call things a lie. They don't know how to call things racist. And that's because, you know, some of them kind of hang out with uh, people that might agree. And I need I need there to be there to be more diversity and mm-hmm. not just um, racial, but economic. Yes. Geographic. Age. Yes. Generational. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.